the impossibility of being free from alcoholism as alcoholism or the impossibility of self escaping from self. Now, the, the way it's disguised in my experience was the one part of that statement, self can't get out of self, was seen as Paul. Yeah, and to Paul, a.k.a. self, it made a lot of sense to try to get out of self because self seemed to be the disturbing factor or that which wasn't allowing me to be okay or constantly critiquing or judging or having, uh, you know, hoops I had to jump through and a certain weird relationship of having to prove that I was okay to set, have a sense of being okay. And... Uh, <laughs> I mean, for me, it's slavery, really, in, in hindsight. So to Paul, a.k.a. self, it made total sense to get out of self. That's what I've been trying to do since I was quite young. I've been, in a way, trying to get out of me as me. Now, I thought I was trying to get out of self as Paul, and I tried a lot of uh, <laughs> vehicles, uh, alcohol, you know, drinking, using, spirituality, uh, traveling, a lot of things. I used a lot of things to try to get out of me as me. But I obviously kept showing up wherever I ended up. So I feel that what we're listening to, what uh, narrates our day, or let's say the GPS that we follow, of that meant where the mental state where the problem resides is infected so thoroughly, it's difficult to say where I begin and at ends. So I feel what we're relying on is in the act of being identified as a self. And the self is pictured as a body, but it's more of a feeling of being the doer of a lot of shit we really have nothing to do with. And so there's some obvious examples of how language supports it, which is a simple one I used to always use, which is I hadn't been back in New York for a while and I came back there to do something, to do a talk, and some people who knew me from the past came in and said, hey, Paul, you're growing your hair, because the hair had grown. And I said, oh, yeah, I'm growing my hair and I'm doing really pretty good. I have a lot of pride. I can sell you a shampoo line and a moisturizer line. And the guy who said this to me was balding. So I said, you look, you're not looking like you're doing too good with the growing of the hair. And maybe you should join our hair growing group. And I could go on and on and have pride about the hair and shit like that. But basically, all I'm doing is not cutting it. Yeah, I'm not, I am not the doing of the growing of hair. And I really don't believe I'm the doing of seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. I'm not, I just feel like seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching is the basis of my life. And then a step from there, there's a narration about me as the seer, the hearer, the feeler, the taster, the toucher. That, I feel, is the bondage of self. So that's how I look at uh, everything in the program from that, that prism, so to speak. So on page 62, it says, selfishness, self-centeredness, that we think is the root of our troubles. Driven by a hundred forms of fear, self-delusion, self-seeking, and self-pity. You see, the seeking and the delusion and the pity are, are accompanied by self or with self. We step on the toes of our fellows and they retaliate. Sometimes they hurt us. 
seemingly without provocation, but we invariably find that at some time in the past and now in the present, we have made decisions or there are decisions being made based on self, which later placed us in a position to be hurt. So we're talking about the past and then realizing we've been placed in a position to be hurt. We may be in that action right now. There may be a decision right now being made based on self that in the future is going to jackpot us. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not like this is over. It's not like, oh, it's over, it's dead, it's done, never to happen again, so let's go over it almost like a historical venture. But in fact, the reflection of it in the past is hopefully a prophecy of a future, yeah? Before recovery and after recovery, because there's decisions based on self after recovery and before recovery all freaking day. So uh, to me, then he goes, so our troubles, we think, are basically of our own making. See, this is where I beg to differ. If they didn't see the exact nature of the wrong, which is identification as self, then they would be claiming self's manifestations and what self sort of caused the troubles, they would be calling them ours. So I feel, I feel they weren't at seeing the exact nature of the wrong because they're still taking credit for the effects of self or blame. So our troubles, we think, are basically of our own making. I love to see, and of course, in the program and in the steps and in the, and in the ninth step and stuff, we, take, we look at life from that view, but hopefully it leads us to seeing that we are not the source of our own troubles, that there's another source of the troubles we're calling our own that we are not the source of our own troubles, but there's a source of our troubles that we're calling our own. That's where I found the great relief. So, uh, so then it goes off on, all right, they, uh, they arise out of ourselves. Yeah, they arise out of us, but they're not from us. And the alcoholic is an extreme example of self will run riot. Yeah, again, the word self though he usually doesn't think so. <laughs> exactly, so this idea of self can't get out of self can be understood intellectually, yet you're holding it as Paul can get out of self. So this is the dilemma. When people hear the statement self can't get, can't get out of self, they think it's, uh, I don't know what they're thinking, but I know it didn't set me free until I saw that Paul was AKA self, the self that was trying to get out of self. Yeah, so uh, it goes here, and almost everything we alcohol, oh, all right, is an extreme example of self will run riot, though he doesn't think so, usually doesn't think so. Above everything, that means it's pretty damn important. We alcoholics must be rid of this selfishness so maybe the best way to be rid of selfishness is the identification as self. <laughs> maybe the identification of self allows the selfishness to grow to such an extreme influence. 
And maybe if you would take the Petri dish away, that which the selfishness is growing and building, then maybe there wouldn't, we could outgrow selfishness, yeah? By realizing we're not self, yeah? So, above everything, we alcoholics must be rid of this selfishness. We must or it kills us. God makes that possible. And there often seems no way of entirely getting rid of self. Yeah. (laughs) It's hard to get rid of the dog if you think you're the dog. It's going to be very difficult. Uh, We must or it kills us. God makes that possible. And there often seems no way of entirely getting rid of self without his aid. Many of us had moral and philosophical convictions galore, but we could not live up to them, even though we would have liked to. That seems a sense of powerlessness. Neither could we reduce our self-centeredness because we're trying to reduce self-centeredness as self. Yeah, We don't realize we're identified as self trying to reduce self. That's just more self. Neither could... Uh, <laughs> Neither could we reduce our self-centeredness much by wishing or trying on our own power, or let's say trying on self's power, I'd say. We have to have God's help. This is the how and why of it. First of all, again, first, gives, lends it a lot of importance. We had to quit playing God. It didn't work. Next, we decided that hereafter in this drama of life, God was going to be our director. He is the principal, we are his agents. He is the father and we are his children. So a new GPS, so to speak. So it's gonna be God is gonna be the GPS instead of self. And that's perhaps the better way. And that's the, that's the road of destiny we're traveling on, leaving the, the faith and the trust in a finite self and, and arriving at a faith and a trust in the infinite through and by the auspices of the infinite. Yeah, yeah, not by self. Self isn't going to get out of self, but the infinite is going to pull us out of selfing and then bring us to that. And that's where we have a new attitude and an outlook and a new freedom and a new happiness. Yeah. So the idea, we are his children. He is the father, we are his children. Most good ideas are simple, and this concept was the keystone of the new and triumphant arts through which we pass to freedom. So everyone probably in the community has heard the arch is, the keystone is what holds the whole arch up. So this whole idea of turning one's will and life over to the care of something greater than ourselves is the key. So when we sincerely took such a position, all sorts of remarkable things followed. Why is it that all sorts of remarkable things aren't happening when we're in the old condition, the old position? (laughs) Because the events that are happening are based on the position you're in, really. That's how we see what's happening is from a position. If it's self-centeredness, we see a miracle and we forget it in 20 minutes, but we hold on to a, a seeming slight or a resentment for 40 years. That's all based on the position we're in. 
That's the point. We're getting a, the position change. It's not me. See, Paul is a position. Paul thinks he has a position, but Paul is a position called self-centeredness, the identification of self. And that's what's lending the way Paul sees life. That's what's, that's what's lending Paul the vision to see life as a threat, and it's never going to be better, and da-da-da-da-da-dee. All the same old tunes play. It's not like Paul is leaving a failed position and moving to a working position. Paul is the expression of the failed position. Paul is the epitome of the false position. The identification as self is the false position. How can self get out of that position? It can't. That's the warning we're giving. Maybe that's exactly what's happening. And we're dragging the old position, trying to bring it to the new position. It's about leaving the old position behind and arriving at a new position. It's not bringing the old position with us. And that's what I feel we're doing by being identified as the parasite. We're bringing the parasite to the solution, and then the parasite's view severely limits the solution where people in 30 years of recovery still live an incredible amount of angst and fear really based on what's not happening. So, so when we sincerely took a position, all this shit happens. You have a new employer. So basically it's saying we had an old employer. It's just because then he would have just said you have an employer like you never had one before. He says you have a new employer, which means the, we, we have, we're under an old employer. And that old employer, that parasite has been employing us. It has been using us to express and manifest itself through. Yeah? And it's been le- using us like transportation. So now we have a new employer being all-powerful, which is quite contrary to the old employer. Yeah, and he, he provided, because it's all-powerful, he provided what we needed, and because the other wasn't all-powerful, it didn't provide what we needed, obviously. It provided what it needed, which was drinking and drugs and shit, but it didn't provide what we need, which was like contentment and satisfaction. So he provided what we needed if we kept close to him. How can he be far from fucking everywhere? And performed his work well. Yeah, well, I see my day as performing his work well. I don't know how you see your day. It doesn't mean what I'm doing. I'm not out there feeding the poor every minute, but I'm still performing his work well. So, and then what happens is you don't stay there. So now he sincerely took the position, but it seems like the gravity of the old position keeps pulling you off it every once in a while. Then suddenly there's an establishment. So the anchor is set. Now you're anchored in the new position and all new remarkable things start appearing, which is established on such a footing, we become less and less interested in ourselves. That's the real healing. And as ourselves, we can't lose interest in ourselves. As ourselves, we cannot. 
but there can be a loss of interest in self. So now there's a loss of interest in self. We become less and less interested in it in our little plans and designs. And I love that he used the word little because when I was, when selfing is running the show, every plan I have is big. Yeah. It's very, very fucking important. More and more we became interested in seeing what we could contribute to life. This is just, he's just reporting on an expression that happened to him. The people shared this. This is what happens when you're relieved of the bondage of self. As we felt new power flow in, as we enjoyed peace of mind, as we discovered we could face life successfully, and you could have tons of more of examples, as we became conscious of his presence, instead of being constantly conscious of the self's presence, we are conscious of its presence. We began to lose our fear of today, tomorrow, or the hereafter. Why is that? Why does it suddenly start the beginning of losing fear of today, tomorrow, and hereafter? Because in the new position, the new position doesn't foster fear. It doesn't let fear grow. It lets us outgrow the old habits that produce the the anxiety based on what's not happening. And now we're responding to what's happening, feeling as if we have a new employer being all powerful, I'm taken care of. So, uh, this book is just so unbelievable. And I, you know, this idea of seeing that self isn't me gave me a new way of reading the whole thing. And it's just mind boggling. And one of the first, that first of all, we had to quit playing God. I believe that's what the activity of selfing is doing. It's playing God. And the way we quit playing God is see we're not that. You're not going to quit playing God as that which is playing God. That would be playing God for fucking ever. Yeah? The quit playing God is see you're not that which is playing God. You're not that which tells you the day's going to suck at eight in the morning when you just, you know, you've not even gotten out of bed. You're not that. You're not that which is playing God and telling you, you suck, you're never going to be loved, you're never going to have money, whatever it is, thousands of things to provoke an anxiety made out of what's not happening. We have a new God, you know, and it's not self. So thank you for letting me rant. And uh, you don't know how, what a privilege it is to share with people who suffer from the same fucking tyranny that I suffered from, to sort of offer a possibility. It has nothing to do with you taking it, but it has all to do with just offering it. And uh, you can don't believe it, believe it, it doesn't matter, at least you've heard it. And to me, all of you have been served a spiritual subpoena. Let's see what happens. All right, thanks Dave. All right, cheers Paul. So we've got to kick off the question. So everyone just, um you got a question, raise your hand in the participants column or send myself, Daz or Mike Z, uh, Mike Z, sorry, a, um, a question. First question is coming from Johnny Shaw, mate. Over to you. Hey, Paul, how you doing? Johnny, my main man. How's it going? Um, <clears throat> so my question is this. I, uh, I feel like so much of 
you know, the past 15 years, the problem's really been rooted in self-deception, right? And uh, I, the way I talk to myself, I tend to sprinkle in a lot of truth with the lies and lies with the truth, and it becomes such a convoluted clusterfuck in my head. And my question is, from a practical standpoint, when you first began to find some freedom from identification with self, what, what did that look like for you? Was it a constant kind of course correction in your head or, or is that process of course correction actually still an identification with the self, which is the problem in the first place? I, I guess I'm trying to see like, what, what did that freedom first start looking like to you start feeling like, how were you able to identify it rather than be self delusional throughout that process? Uh, mm. I don't really know, to tell you the truth. It just happened. Something, uh, see, for me, I was lucky, and I believe we all have the ability to be convinced, but I was thoroughly convinced of, uh, you know, the evidence had been built up and had been mounting, and it reached such a critical mass that it landed all at once. So I was struck sober, so to speak, and I was convinced, completely convinced. And then I started to have the eyes to see where life was coming from. Was it coming from the filter of self or was it just coming from life? And then, uh, of course, you're going to make mistakes here and there. But mistakes are corrected. They're not sins, you know. They're just corrected. And I just grew accustomed to the feeling of that presence we just talked about in some of the effects, uh, the things that will happen, you'll sense the presence of their implying God. Well, that became a sort of touchstone in my life. And uh, no matter how volatile the outside circumstances were, I had a source of solace or peace that seemed to be uh, available without any requirements necessary. Because I was established in being sober. I've never gone back out. I never went out again after 32 years. I think I had my slips before I came to recovery uh, because I had spent two years and three months of my life in programs. Two years in one and three months in another. So uh, I don't know. I feel like you just... Uh, it, comes, it becomes an intimate... Uh, event. No one can see your companion. It's not appearing. You can't describe it in size or weight, but it becomes so profound in your life. This feeling and uh, of, you know, seeing like the divine choreography and in a lot of situations where you used to be blind. Uh, yeah, and I think it's just, uh, I believe recovery progresses and it just gets to be a very intimate um, I wouldn't call it a relationship, but just an intimate, uh, you know, being used by this, that's a, the spirit, I would say, produces a very intimate uh, relation, sense of it, yeah? So, in the beginning, I would just follow, you know, put my foot right in front of me and realize where I am and use the physical uh, geography of where you are to start from there. Because the narrative usually is way out. It's way, way fucking old. It doesn't match 
anything that's really happening today. It's just playing like a very loud tune over the day. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. But I don't know. It's just something that grows. Yeah. But that reliance on that power greater than self is paramount in, uh, has been paramount in this life. So, yeah. It's good to see you, bro. Stay sober today. Thanks, Johnny. Cheers, Paul. So we've got um, Aiden from Michigan. Over to you, mate. Hey, family. My name's Aiden. Paul, thanks for your share there. Hey. Down there on the third paragraph at the end, it says, this is how and the why of it. First of all, we had to put clay in God. Well, when I get into the steps of AA, which God spurs me on the fifth, uh, 22nd of August out of 15 years and I'm kind of sort of in the same situation as yourself I had the slips before I stopped the fucking about you know I got into the program of AA and the church and all that there as many of you probably know the religion that I grew up with I went down to Florida when I got sober in the Bronx and my sponsor was uh, an Irish fella as well and he says to me young fella there's two kinds of people in the world there's Mother Teresa and there's God and you're neither one of them so basically what he says to me you have to stop playing it and he basically told me that the concept that I had to get through into my thick skull was is that whenever there's a, a dilemma that I was going through that I call on God. Not not the the God that I was brought up on that was going to send me to hell every time that I had committed a, a complete um, bad thing that was going on in my life. But the God that I had whenever I came into the program of AA was the one that helped me through when I was going through the steps. Me and Dave sat down, went through the steps, and he says, if you call out to the God of your understanding, get away of all the selfishness of what happened to you, the world will be your horizon, Aiden. So basically, I had to stop playing, and it came to me, so it did then, from one, two, and three, Paul, of where he took me to where it was there at the middle of page 63, of where it's uh, <clears throat> we're at the third step prayer, which many of us said to our maker, as we understood him, God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and the way of life. May I do thy will always. We thought we thought well before taking this step, making sure we were ready that we could at last abandon ourselves utterly to him. Now, what I'm going to finish up on here is the fact that when I left the Bronx and headed down to Florida to get to the second part of the um, St. Christopher's where I got sober upstate New York and um, Garrison, I was there and when I met Dave back down in Florida again where he was living, he says to me, okay, young fella, you're going to start sponsoring people. 
and I had about five months of sobriety and then there was a fella that had only like eight weeks and that's whenever I was like sort of scared shitless and I wanted to try and help another fellow alcoholic and I thought to myself sorry excuse me aid mate is there a question in here mate with respect to you so yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The question was, is that how, how did how did Paul find the, the 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 God like as well? How did he find God? How did he find that God was helping him? Yes. Well, I just observed it. I, I observed what happened. So, step two for me is an observational step. So, I had come in. I got. I got Whacked. and basically my life was starting at a you know I had no place to live I had no friends anymore at that point uh, I had burned all the bridges that I had walked over many many times uh, so it happened a regular day at the office something came in and uh, I like to say communicated to the innermost and it was clear that I was fucked basically and that I'm not managerial quality that next day that night through circumstances of not my own making I ended up going to my first AA meeting March 21st 1988 I had no plan to do that nothing just the circumstances tumbled into this situation and I found myself in a men's meeting. The woman who had brought me there obviously couldn't come in and she promised she'd pick me up at nine. I went in there, I felt hope which allowed me to feel how hopeless I was and then the life started, you know, first of all there's spirit in a sense and then there's the life, my expression out here. So the life started to be rebuilt from that day on. I haven't stopped going since. And I watched very quickly. I had come to believe that a power greater than myself had restored me to sanity and a lot more by observing what was happening. I was off the streets. I got a room with a German uh, tourist in a residence hotel in, America, in San Francisco I, where they fed you three times a day so I had a food, I had shelter, I bluffed my way into painting houses, <laughs> and there I went, yeah. All the while, it was very obvious from the moment I got whacked into sobriety that something had done for me what I couldn't do for myself. And what happened over the ensuing years was that circle of what I can't do for myself expanded more and more and by witnessing the effects in my life and other people's lives uh, of something working through us and through AA just fucking brought me to you know a very deep deep honoring and gratitude about that the mysterious workings of of that power and uh, I just can't say you know I have a you know I have a tattoo on my skin but there's nothing like the tattoo that this program has given me 
that higher power used the uh, used the uh, the ink and the needle of of AA to tattoo me with a deep appreciation and 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 a right view really, which to me is humility. My head can't even it doesn't even attempt to. Uh, take ownership of most of the shit that's happening in my life now. It's just so obvious. It's totally blind to what's going on, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, I, that's how I came to find out <laughs> about what's always here. By seeing it expressing here and all the here's I found myself in and all the here's I found other people in, I started to see that present, its effect, that presence, its effect on lives and on my life and on your life. And uh, yeah, I know to me, the, it just deepens over time. And it's the source of rest and peace and serenity, you know, to realize as Jesus, and I'm not saying a Jesus or no Jesus, but a beautiful statement he says you know we're in this world but we're not of this world and i feel the solace and the peace i have in this world is not of this world it's of the spirit yeah and uh aa was the conduit for that and and is is the the establishment of all those movements of spirit in my life here in this world the aa program and the communities so yeah that's what i can say about it right now i'm just sharing i'm just uh, you know there's a mental activity i call selfing that's constantly talking as if we're a thing it's constantly be remembering us as a thing. It's constantly worrying about us as a thing. Yeah. And I don't believe that. I believe we're something first. We may be appearing as a thing and being in the world of things, we have to render to things what things need. And But I don't believe we're of that. I don't. And, uh, and the of has allowed me to live in. It really has. Because uh, this place, the way I was seeing it was unbearable. I would do anything. I would pay any consequence tomorrow not to feel uncomfortable now. And I felt a deep uncomfortability where, and it provoked such incredible fucking behavior. I just can't imagine the power that would produce me walk, you know, crawling on rugs, looking for imaginary pieces of cocaine, you know, it just blows my mind. Uh, and yet that power that's been introduced through AA in my life is so fucking unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. So, yep. Okay. Thanks very much. Cheers, Aiden. It's good to see you, mate. Um, and Kaiser, or Kaiser. Kaiser, Suze. Kaiser, Suze. Yeah. Hey there, you got me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so uh <clears throat> even even I just want to bring up even even people with long term sobriety, I I have the same amount of years that you do, luckily. 
Um, but, but still, I go through really difficult times. I'm going through a very, very difficult time, very uncomfortable currently. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm rely, relying upon the steps and some of the non-dual, whatever the garbage is. But um, so one thing that I've been starting to work with has been doing actions and then getting out of the results. That, that's something that I, I you know, I'm kind of working with. And so if you could talk about that, but actually I came up with a, a more pertinent question. You could do one or the other, like you don't have to do both, please. So either, either do the actions and get out of the results or um, I, I'm finding that there's like a, a, a personality defect that that's uh, causing me problems in my relationships. And, and that, that applies to like defects of character. And I know that there's a, a higher power component about it. Um, but it's just it's it's kind of weird because it's it's kind of my personality that um, that is coming in a conflict with people that are really dear to me, and it I, I could wish that away, but I mean that's that's something that I that's very difficult, and it and it I've seen that changes, but now I've been here sober for 32 years, and 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 it's not going to be like that huge bubble as far as I I don't I don't know, but when I first sobered up I had a big change and then the big personality change. And then subsequently, I've done the steps, and now I find something that that's that's difficult that I would love to have removed from me, but um, I know I can't do it, and it it, it kind of seems like wishful thinking to to say that maybe I could soften some things of my personality that are causing me problems with the people that are dear to me. Um, what whatever you want to respond to, I I don't care. I don't want to hog the, the the thing, but whatever you think. All right. So the first one is. What allows us to have the ability not to be in the outcome business? It's easy to say, oh, yeah, do actions and, uh, and let go of the results or not be in the outcome. But that, uh, can't, you can't do yourself into that. That's another expression of being under a, a program of change. Something has changed you sufficiently that you can not be in the outcome business yeah it's not like someone walks in and i'm going to tell them hey don't be in the outcome business where it's impossible not to be in the outcome business when you're in a certain position i'm telling i'm talking i like the word position today because the position is dictating behavior yeah i mean how we're traveling is not based on the shoes we're wearing and shit. It's the position we're in. Yeah. So our behavior now is based on a position we're in. And our behavior in the past was also based on another position we're in. Hopefully they're two distinct different positions. Yeah. So, and some of the old positions, the old shit that would come from the old position have some life. They're in some some Hinduism, they call them deep mental grooves. In other words, they're going to have some spark for a while. And but they'll they will also be undone or changed or reconfigured. Yeah. And then there's a lot of other methodologies to sort of. Uh, if you have something that's, you know, rubbing badly on a lot of other people. You know what I mean? I don't know. There must be ways, you know, how to be how to become likable to other people. I don't know. There must be things you can seemingly put yourself uh, open ups to. But I feel 
everything is based primarily on a position we're in. So the position of reliance on the higher power allows me not to be in the outcome business because I feel an assurance I'm going to be taken care of. Yes? In a way. That position of feeling like you're taken care of allows you not to be in the outcome business where when you're relying on something that's not reliable, you're constantly in the outcome business because you're afraid it's going to be a shitty outcome (laughs) because it has been. So, yeah. So to try to tell someone that's in that position, oh, let go of the outcome is insane. First of all, they don't have the ability at that point. Yeah. And their whole thing is based on anxiety, which means you're looking ahead to see what's going to happen. Yeah. (laughs) So the position is reliance on something greater than oneself. And hopefully when you take it and get established in that position, you're going to see different behaviors, different days, different attitudes, different situations that used to always go one way changing. Yeah. Not based yeah. on what you did, but on the where you're at, the position you're resting in. Yeah. So yeah. So to me, being able to be out of the outcome business isn't something I do. It's something that I express through the changes that have happened to me by relying on something greater than self. Yeah. A power, a, a position that ha- is all powerful. Therefore, why do I have to be so worried it's going to fail when it doesn't fail? Yeah, I've seen, I've been taken care of for 32 years. That's evidence. Obs- <laughs> That's observational evidence. And I've seen, yeah, shit has to happen. But sometimes, let's say the worst shit, the best possible results come out of it. Like when I got run over twice in one day. I was severely physically broken, but because I was so broken, they airlifted me to a teaching hospital where people from all, doctors from all all around the world would come. So I got the best possible care based on the severity of my condition. Yeah, that's how I like to see life. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, and limit your affairs if you can. And maybe it's not all about you. Maybe, you know, those people are fucked. Who knows? Thanks. I appreciate that. Okay. Cheers for that. Good to see you again, actually. Um, yeah, Kaiser. 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 Uh Dave Ellsback. Hey, Dave. Yeah, hi. Hi, Paul. Yeah, thanks, Dave, for uh, letting me share and good to hear you, Paul, tonight. Um, I've got a couple of very... Sp- short questions on on what you were sharing about tonight right so the first one was when you were talking and i'll try and talk slowly from my english accent so i don't i don't hit okay cool so um yeah so um the first question was around when you were reading about the new employer in that yeah. reading right so the new impl- the new employer is our higher power of god is the old employer the parasite? That was the, uh, you know, yeah, you, yeah, okay, kind of thing. And then, yeah, the old employer is the uh, is the head that's being used by the disease for sure. Yes, 
but the old employer's the parasite. Yeah, okay, cool. Right, and then moving on from that, right? So I just think I just think I was getting that that thought. And is the paras is self the parasite? Is self the parasite? And if or if it's if if self is not the parasite, what is the difference between them? Kind of thing. Well, that's a tricky one. So yeah, yeah. Is- well, I'm struggling with that. So I, I thought I'd ask. Yeah, my opinion. So my opinion is. In this case, we're, t- we're talking about the parasite sort of like alcoholism, yeah, mm-hmm. which is an extreme version of self. So you could see that alcoholism amplifies something that's already there. Okay. I would say this, the idea of self is already there and alcoholism amplifies it, yeah? Okay. Okay. So I don't, I could, but I see, the, I really believe the real addiction is the mental state's addiction to being self. I think that's the dilemma, the real dilemma. And then how, how we respond from there is we want to get relief from that addiction and that the, those attempts to get relief from that addiction are the new addictions called alcoholism and drug addiction and fucking like that. Yeah. And because the problem has migrated to the solution, like getting loaded was a solution, yeah? Then the, the getting loaded becomes a huge problem <laughs> because the problem keeps migrating because I'm not recognizing it, yeah? I'm looking, I'm looking for self as self, yeah? So when I find self, it's self finding it, yeah? So I'm still caught in the conundrum of self, can't get out of self. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So it, it, when I got relief from active alcoholism, it allowed me to see something else underneath it, which was this, the bondage of self. Yeah. Now, I don't think, I think alcoholism amplifies all that, but I don't think it produces the bondage of self. I think the bondage of self is there. And then alcoholism okay. and fiction and fucking acting out amplifies that, but right. it doesn't, uh, it doesn't make it. Yeah. And that's why a lot of dilemmas continue when you stop drinking and using. That's why we're in a program called recovery, not stopping mm-hmm. drinking or using. Because the drinking and using was just a was just a mistaken answer to the dilemma that we're not clear on. Yeah. And the, why we're not clear on it, I feel, is we're identified as it. There's a, I, there's the parasite, the, the parasite of self convinces the host that it's the host, really. So how are you going to see yourself as other, as that? You're not, yeah? So, but first, alcoholism. So that's what happens. Alcoholism gets corrected a day at a time. Then the, uh, like the flare up of self goes down. Yeah. And it's more manageable, so to speak. Yeah. So it's not so unmanageable, but it's still like a, it's like a dormant fever all day. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Sort of like something is still there, but now it's a little subdued. Yeah? yeah. So, but I don't think we've been getting to the exact nature of the wrong. I just don't. So no, no. Because I feel, uh, I feel like I, I've, I've, I've observed uh, 
a deepness to something that I wasn't uh, observing when still thinking, you know, Paul had alcoholism. Yeah. Yeah, which was true, but Paul was self. <laughs> which is a real dilemma. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Thanks, Paul. Hey, you're welcome, bro. Really, yeah. Cheers, Dave. Thank you. Awesome, it's always good to see you. Yes. Uh, uh, <laughs> Lebowski. James. Hey. Yeah, yeah, the big Lebowski. Oh, across the big Lebowski. <laughs> I've got a new name across the pond. Oh, you so that's good. Yeah, because this Zoom thing, man, I'm talking to so many people from Ireland, half of them are named James. It just doesn't, you know, <laughs> it, does, it just doesn't work as well. Anyway, I don't know. I'm on an old iPad, so I'm not sure if, if you guys can hear me all right. Yeah, it's cool. Probably be in your best interest if you couldn't. But, um, I, you know, when I when I finally got this thing up here, I heard you talking about positioning oneself and one of the guys that tried to help me when I was relapsing a bunch and, and didn't have ears to hear was a uh, one of those old iron workers from New York who was you know gruff enough to stand up and tell you the truth and all that kind of stuff in a loving way of course but he used to say something that now that I'm involved in in this sort of way of looking at the self he used to say, position yourself in the steps and then don't make anything happen. Don't make anything not happen. And all listening to you, I just all of a sudden got that. I don't know if any of y'all got that, but, but I got it. Uh, you know, I just, I just position myself in those principles and get out of the way and, and allow. Um, anyway, you know what? That's it. That's all I got. Thanks, James. Yeah, and then, and then there's that gratitude of that power that allows you to respond in that position. Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> the real, you know, after a while you yeah. see changes, but then what happens is the changes get, let's say, more subtle, but they're incredible, weird. You know, where, uh, yes, you, you're, you're placed in a position of neutrality with no thought effort on your part, and you're basically <clears throat> living, you know, that's it, really. <laughs> you know, um, what's funny is uh, I, um, in sobriety, placed myself right back where I started, not using, but mentally. And these things have gotten me, uh, I don't want to name names or I'll start tearing up and shit, you know, because there's a bunch of them on here. But these guys have pulled me back into that position of neutrality. And it was somehow, um, I'd let James convince me that AA was like 101, but I'd become somehow professorial, you know, I was like in some kind of like <laughs> a, a graduate study program now. And uh, <laughs> these guys... <laughs> very gently and lovingly reminded me that um, I'm not 
I'm not managerial quality. So thank you. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, what's, what is that sense of humility? You know, to, to be able to see that something is doing for you what you can't do for yourself. Yeah. And that when you're in that condition, you can be used by that power to have someone else have the same experience. Something is going to do through you and participate in someone coming to that realization also that something's doing for me what I can't do for myself. And then we can start, you know, as a, as a we, we can start recognizing uh, because we're going to be directed by something. Yeah, I feel. I really do. I mean, I feel the, the, the parasite of alcoholism was a, a lower power and was doing, the movement was the same. It was directing me like the higher power is, but the, uh, the whole effect is completely different based on the position, you know, really. And so it, it, that position of reliance on self or reliance on the power, yeah? And you can't rely on the power truly as self. That would be a reliance of self. So when you recognize what you're not, then the reliance on what you are actually is just such a clear, clean, uh, assured state, you know? It's just, uh, yeah, that provokes a lot of possibility. I mean, when you're not caught up in all the seeking and all the driving and all the fucking looking for ways to get out or looking for ways to get in, which hope to bring you out of something, to have that uh, stop, you can really smell the roses, you know, so to speak. So, yeah. Thanks, James. Pleasure to see you. I've come to know you through the squares. <laughs> right. Great. Thanks, James. Uh, so, Kristen, over to you. Yeah. Hi, Paul. Hey. How are you? Pretty good. Um, I have a question. Can you just go back for a second to where you said alcoholism amplifies the parasite maybe i'm wrong in this alcoholism amplifies the parasite but the actual if i use this word parasite is the addiction to the mental state to the yeah is that yes but remember there isn't a parasite it's just a way of imaging a movement yeah yeah so that we can see it as other because that's where the freedom really lies is to recognize you're not that yeah because the problem is an identification as that that's the whole like strategy in a way but yes i believe the original addiction is the mental state's addiction to uh me you know paul and that what happens with alcoholism is it amplifies a lot of that, yeah? But it's not, see, that's why uh, you can become free from alcoholism, but not free from self. 
totally. Yes. So the trick is, is uh, hopefully when you see uh, alcoholism, it leads you to see the other underneath. Yeah. 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 So that's the that's what we're attempting to share because. Uh, the alcoholism obviously is an amplifier, but there's something that's there to begin with. And right. so, and then with the mental state, it can, you know, it can make uh, mountains out of molehills. Yeah? yeah. So maybe you're done with all the extreme getting arrested and run over and all this shit, which looked like real mountains. But now in your own private little uh, experience, the, the head is still making mountains out of molehills, yeah? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Like you sitting in your beautiful place now, very comfortable, but you are, you know, you've made like a little thing, a mountain, yes? You haven't, but the head has, yeah? Yeah. So it doesn't... Uh, it has the ability to amplify enough <laughs> without the drinking and using. But, uh, so yeah, I feel that's the, hey honey, great. I feel the, uh, there is uh, something underneath it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, okay. and I think that statement self can't get out of self is really about uh, people starting to become suspicious of something underneath it. Yeah. 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 Because it didn't say alcoholism can't get out of alcoholism. It said self can't get out of self. That's the, that's, that's totally based on being identified as self. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it would make, it makes total sense from Paul's position to get out of self. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I was shooting coke, it made complete sense when I was in that position because I wanted to get out of Paul, you know. <laughs> but I wanted to get out of self, basically, as Paul. But see, when certain things clear up and then you see Paul, aha is actually the, the idea of self, and then it makes complete sense that self, as Paul, can't get out of self, yeah? It would just be furthering self, yeah? Yeah. I mean, it became so obvious to see it, yeah. So, but it, I was blind to it as long as Paul was, as long as the identification as Paul was in place, a.k.a. self, I couldn't see that at all. I, I, it made total sense for Paul to get out of self. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's uh yes. But that's great, honey. Yeah. You're on to something. Yeah. yeah, I feel like so I have this other question and I too don't want to hog up, but um so I have experienced for periods of time freedom from self like i remember at one point saying well who can't live like this like hello who couldn't live like this but it seems like uh self came back 
And I don't know how that happened. I don't know why that happened. Like, I don't know. Like, I remember the freedom came from somebody giving me permission to just stop doing what I was doing. Like, just stop it. And, yeah. and I don't mean, I, I mean, I was sober. And, um, and from that, like, just, you know, this person said, just go and have fun. And I was like, oh, I can do that. And he was like, yeah, you can do that. And yeah. there was this complete freedom and for months, for like two months, just complete freedom. And then somehow, I, I don't know, it was like I could almost see like this freedom leave me. And then this self yeah. And I don't, I mean, I know like I've heard it abiding and non-abiding. I don't, but I've had it several times in my life. I mean, it's not just one and done, but I, it just seems like it's not stuck, I guess is what. Well, it has, but see that the mental state moves a lot. Yeah. Mm. So at least, hey, uh, be very, very grateful for the free sample. And then at least it shows you actually what's actually happening. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. there'll be more returns to that than, uh, then uh, there'll be more returns to that which you, from that which you never left, basically. There'll be more returns there. Yeah. Yeah. That's unbelievable, you know, the unbelievable, because a lot of how we're held up is the things playing God. And so we're trying to convince it to give us permission to be just okay. And it holds with, it withholds that position in its lofty, position of playing God. Yes. And so we're looking, maybe we're not in fear, but we're tithing anxiety all day to so that we won't have the big fucking foot of God step on us or something. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like a slavery either. It's just wild. And so when you get let off your own hook or its hook, it's quite, quite liberating. Yeah. yeah. So at least now, you have that sense, and uh, that sense will become more and more available. My experience, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. You're welcome. Yes. Thank you very much, Kevin. So. Oh yeah. Wow. Anyone there? Was that a fish or was that something nice? What you were looking at there? Uh, my 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 gal came in with some uh, something lovely. Wow! Sitting on something lovely, yeah. Brilliant! Oh, congratulations! So, um, what's happening here? You know? Yeah, a lot going on. It's amazing. <laughs> Lots of distractions, right? Yeah, yeah. We've got a question in chat, um, and the question is. Does self can't get out of self essentially mean that the more self tries, the more it reinforces the validity of self-will? Yes, bingo. Yeah. Not the validity of self-will, but a self. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, of course. That's the conundrum. Yeah. Self can't get out of self. The more self tries to get out of it, the more it's in. Yeah. That's a. That's like. A, yeah, that's vision 101. 
Yeah. <laughs> you see it. Just if if anyone's here hearing this, just let it go in and let's see how you reflect on on what you call your past. You'll probably see exactly that. That when I try to get out of me, there's more me there. <laughs> But it feels like I should really try to get out of me. Yeah, that's the conundrum. <laughs> we just need to have a new way of seeing it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay, so, um, and then the final question for the evening comes from our old mate, G. Over to you, mate. How you doing guys? Good to see you Paul, Dave and everyone. I came in a bit late, I'm really sorry, but um, I heard something interesting the other day and I thought I'd put it to you Paul. Isn't everything to do with our minds God-given already? So is selfing God-given too? And if it is God-given, isn't it a good thing? Anything to do with... <laughs> do you get what I'm saying? Isn't it all God-given already? I don't think believe in God given. I think things are what they are. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's my answer. <laughs> Thank you, Paul. Love you, man. Okay. Yeah, Thanks for that, G. <laughs> Good to see you come in again anyway, mate. Um, so there's no more questions on the board. So um, if that's 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 it, we can call it a night if you want, uh, Paul or Dave. No, I'm just, I'm very happy, yeah, uh, to see everybody. Dave, everything's going well, Dave, everything yeah. with, with the group. We're all, yeah, great. Yeah. And if anyone has... Uh, any other questions or sharing? I think people stay in the room for a while. Yeah? yeah. You leave the room and, open for uh, a bit of fellowship afterwards, definitely. Yeah, let me just say goodbye if you don't mind. Yeah, sure. Everyone, I see Mike right there next to David in the squares. Nice to see you, Mike. Paul with the white shirt and the nice blue. Rob, my main man from the UK. Daz. Always a pleasure to see you, Daz. Kurt, fantastic. Nice to see you, Kurt. Mike Z. Yes, the cafe was open, Mike. Any time for you. Yeah, Stevie from the UK. We got uh, Elena, very nice. Annie, nice to see you. Therese and Brett, they've checked out. Elizabeth, nice to see you, Elizabeth. Dennis, Jono, pleasure, Jono. Kristen, thank you for the share today. Graham, very nice to see you. Cam, Chicago, Chicago. Luke, Birmingham, Luke Hatless today. Yes, I like the Boston Celtics, but no other Boston team. We got the Lebowski. You can decide if he's big or not. I don't know. <laughs> Mickey, Kaiser, Dave. Virginia, New York. It's, uh, it's my, my home girl. Nice to see you, Virginia. Mike. Avishag. Avishag. Nikki from London. Nice to see you, Nikki. We got Keith, my main man. Uh, G. Dimitri. Hope you're doing well, Dimitri. 
Yeah, you're out of the Star Trek set. That's a, that's progress. Sonny, there's only one of you, thank God. Jesse, Jess Lockhart from Ireland. Mike, nice to see you, Carrie. Sue, Keith down there, nice to see you, Keith. Gary, stay in that, that corner, Gary. Michael, let's see, we got Kate there. Nice to see you, Kate. Sylvester, pleasure. Dennis again, then some people who don't, don't want to show themselves. That's all right. Some more people. Tofa, Kelly, Dennis, Crystal. Uh, just a pleasure. Thanks for everyone coming in. Uh, Malcolm. And we'll see you again. We have meeting on Thursday at 1030 uh, Pacific Time, America. AM and then Wednesdays and Saturdays we do something called non-duality which is Wednesdays at 7 7 yeah 7 and then Saturday 1:30 all Pacific time I hope I see all of you on uh, as we skip the road of happy destiny see you Cheers, Paul. see you guys so we'll be uh, hanging around for a bit after the meeting. If you guys want to chat about anything um, particular, 